a golden god! An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> I don't know who's weirder, you or me. You just put the law in my hands, and I'm gonna break your heart. Nobody puts baby in the Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Hello and welcome back to Movies for Life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brian Kuyper. And I am your other co-host, Michelle Egan. And this is not our episode on coming of age. Uh, we have run into a little bit of life over the past few weeks. You had life surgery. Yeah. I, ha- I had vacation. And it just hasn't really worked out for us to be able to record that episode just yet. So we decided to bring something your way um, that we just thought would be fun. So this is going to be kind of a bonus episode. Um, we should be releasing that episode on Stand By Me and Now and Then within the next week or so. Maybe the next week or the next two weeks. Not really yeah. sure how that's going to play out, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. So, you know, our show, our rules. That's uh, right. That's, <laughs> the, you know, and we appreciate everyone continuing to listen. And I hope you enjoy this episode because I think this will be fun. We're going to just talk about... Uh, things that we've been watching and enjoying, hopefully. I haven't enjoyed everything I've watched, but I've enjoyed a lot of it. And so. um, yeah. yeah, well, and here's the thing. Michelle has had time to watch stuff. <laughs> so exactly how many movies have you, do you have a count of how many yes. movies you've watched? Okay. So like Brian said, I had, I did have surgery and it was just carpal tunnel surgery. So nothing major. So I was out of work for about three weeks, just um, at home <laughs> with uh, not much to do. And so I was like, this is the perfect time to catch up on movies. And the final count of just new to me movies was 36. Oh my gosh. Plus nine short films, which we'll talk about. Yeah, because I think we watched some of the same short films. Did we? Yeah. And nice. so that that's something that, that I was thinking about bringing up. Okay. I haven't actually been watching that much that's new to me. So I'm kind of going back just to like the beginning of March. Okay. okay. You know, for mine. So I'm thinking March, April, you know, hit some of the highlights here. Uh, because there are a couple of themes that I can hit on, and then there's a couple I would say you know. that I did too. I mean, my I don't like to like just plan out my movie watching when I know I'm gonna have some time off. You know, I like to just still keep it spontaneous. I took a couple trips to the library and just whatever I happened to grab and whatever I happened to feel like watching that day on whatever streaming service is kind of how I went. So my it's all over the place, but. I definitely caught up on a lot of classic film, which is kind of my my sweet spot right now. It's like my happy yeah. place. Yeah. And, you know, it, that's not a bad place to be. Mm. A lot of the classic films I've been watching have been re-watches, I'll admit. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, and there are reasons for those choices. But um, So, 
we're just going to kind of see what happens. We don't have a plan, nope. a number, <laughs> of, or what. So, Well, we just, had a number at first in mind, but it's like, I, I watched 36 movies. And there's a couple I'm not going to talk about here because I'm fairly certain there's at least two. that I'm fairly certain at least one or both of them is going to end up on my discoveries list for the end of the year so i'm gonna keep those quiet i've got one that almost definitely will so i'll probably not even mention that one as much as i would like to because it was very good it was exciting to finally be able to see it because it was not available for a very long time that's a little hint i'm trying to think if i know what it is i don't know you do do I? We talked about it. I just it not off thinking mic. about it right now. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. I don't have a okay. good memory. So, uh, since you have so many options available to you, <laughs> would you like to go first? I nah, I don't even know. I don't even know where to go. Like I said, I just, it's so random. Okay, should I just like rattle off like all the titles that I started with? I don't know. Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> well, maybe the ones that I really liked. Okay, so there was some newer stuff in here that um, I I really enjoyed. Okay, here's the here's a couple that I really liked. Um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs was a super fun Good one. Movie. Little yeah. Coen mm-hmm. Brothers fun, and one that I surprisingly liked that I think I liked it more than you. But you you said that it was cool. It was the Dead Don't Die from um, 2019 Jim Jarmusch. That is definitely a movie that I saw. I really, really liked it. It had it was such a weird tone, and the cast is. That, I agree. I, I like what it says. <laughs> I like what it says here on Letterbox. It says the greatest zombie cast ever disassembled. <laughs> yeah, which is really cute. I, don't well, know, I guess I guess I, I was I, disappointed I, by it because I really liked Only Lovers Left Alive, uh-huh. the vampire movie he did. Yeah, I, I thought that was good. like one of the best vampire movies that I'd seen in a long time. And it's hard to do something new with a vampire movie. Uh, it's apparently even harder to do something new with a zombie movie because I just, I just didn't really connect <laughs> Somehow, with that movie. But I'm glad you did. On, I'm glad you it, did. It, I don't know. Maybe it's just like, if, if I had been in a different mood, you know, cause it is pretty slow and not, and not as exciting as, as a regular zombie movie they were like they were kind of used to seeing but i don't know that's why it worked on me because it was so different i was like huh and it being a little bit self-aware i thought was really cute <laughs> and certain lines are like oh yeah sure. that's that's the theme song of the of the movie and they're talking sure. about the theme song of the movie that they're in and you know yeah that one was okay interesting. yeah well i guess for me the movie that i can pick out of my list that kind of relates best to that one i suppose because it is self-aware and it's horror ish adjacent at least was i finally saw bodies 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 yeah and i i don't know i it was a challenge because i really just hated everybody in the movie but i also realized i think that's the point i'm pretty sure that's the point yeah <laughs> yeah um so i didn't give it a great rating but at the same time i kind of enjoyed it I I think the resolution, the reveal at the end is hilarious. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I I just thought that was really, really funny and pretty clever. Yeah. Yeah, And, and, you know, again, it's sort of movies that hate social media. You know how much I love those. And this sort of mocks the social media generation as a whole. And, you know, I kind of thought that was fun. Um, So, 
I don't know. I feel like I didn't love it, but I feel like I would watch it again, which is a weird place to be. But the same, honestly, maybe the same with The Dead Don't Die. So I thought that might be there a good go. one to mention there. Well, I know another one, an, another newer one that we both really liked. We already kind of discussed it, but maybe we can do it some more um, from this year. Infinity Pool. That's one of oh, my I favorites. I loved Infinity Pool. That, we wa- that I watched, yeah. I can't say too much about it because I'm positive I'm going to say oh, something really? about it at the uh, end okay. of the year. So, I mean, I have no doubt that it's going to be on my 2020-2023 list. I, said, I gave that an extra 20. Sorry. 20. It is 420. <laughs> Today. Though it's also I Brian's am, birthday that we're recording this. Happy we are birthday, recording Brian. this on my birthday. Yes, he, he, he. My birthday is on 420. Um, <laughs> for those of you who are into that, awesome. I actually have never <laughs> even. It's ironic. You know, the guy who never even tried, has never tried cannabis of any form is born on 420. <laughs> so anyway. Okay. Well, then maybe we'll hold off on talking about that. Are we going to do another like favorites of the year? Or just another I think discoveries. We should. should we do both again? I think we should do both. I like I'm them. down for it. I'm down for it. All right. Well, I love that one. Back to you. <laughs> oh, my turn again? Okay. All right. So I'm going to jump over to a couple. There are a couple of trends. You know, I filled in some blind spots, I suppose. I watched a lot of John Waters. And the reason why is because I played a show that was about an hour away from here. So I was doing a lot of driving and I got the audiobook of Car Sick by John Waters. And I found it just so incredibly entertaining. And he makes a lot of references to his own movies in it. And I realized I hadn't seen that many. And I'll admit, I'm not the hugest fan of John Waters movies, but I'm a big fan of him. But I filled in a few blanks that I had never seen that are, some of them are kind of embarrassing, frankly. <laughs> I finally saw Serial Mom, which was probably my favorite of all the ones I saw. Yeah. Uh, Serial Mom was, was a lot of fun, very funny, pretty edgy as far as its satire. Hairspray, uh, which I had seen parts of before, but I had never seen all the way through, which is you know, I don't think I need to talk about Hairspray. That's his most mainstream movie, right? I saw Crybaby, which I... One of my thought, faves. Yeah, I thought was pretty good. And Female Trouble. I haven't seen that Which one. is one of his early films in 1974. Uh, very dark, very crazy. Uh, you know, divine. And there's she gives birth and bites the umbilical cord off. And I mean, it's a crazy movie. Um and I also saw, no, I didn't. I didn't finish. I couldn't finish it. I tried watching Multiple Maniacs. I just, I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't do it. I mean, it, it, it was a lot. However, I related to that. I did watch the documentary I Am Divine, which was on Canopy. And that's really good. It's about, you know, obviously the whole story of Divine and... He referred to himself as him uh, and his rise to fame and sort of crazy cult popularity and mm-hmm. all the way to his death. It was a really fascinating documentary that I recommend checking out. That was, besides Serial Mom, that was probably my favorite thing I watched related nice. to John Waters. So, And I just love John Waters as a presence. You know, I love hearing him talk. He's 
got so many wonderful things to say. He's into the craziest stuff that you would never hear of. It's good. It's great that John Waters is in yeah. the world. And, um, you know, I wish, honestly, I wish he'd be able to make another movie because <laughs> they can't, he can't seem to finance anything. But uh, he's he's one of those great, important filmmakers that uh, is also the epitome of bad taste. And that's sort of an amazing thing. But he's a big fan and he just of movies, all kinds of yes. stuff. And the people that he works with all the time, like one of my favorite things i think i'm pretty sure it was on the the screen factory uh serial mom one of the special features was just um him and the cast like not even with an interview or whatever they were just sitting around like having a conversation yeah about making the movie and just the enthusiasm that they all still have for it and everything and it was just a very lovely this thing just and to see the, the long relation yeah mm-hmm. the, the long relationship that these people have had over the years is just pretty incredible you know i mean casting patricia hurst and of course you know earlier think people like mink stole and everything yeah. they still have created this, and ricky lake they have created this sort of little family um, yeah. You know, people who have been in more than one of his movies are like kind of an exclusive club. And it's very funny um, to see them interact with each other. I love it when directors and actors kind of have that going on. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. there's like the group of people that they work with. You still have to see my favorite John Waters film, though. I've seen it. I've seen Cecil be demented. I thought you but, hadn't seen it. No, I have seen it. I just it, it was a very long time ago. Oh, okay. And I, and I don't. That's actually one of the first I ever saw. I, I saw that, and then about twenty thirty years later, I saw Pink Flamingos. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so it's it's he wasn't a filmmaker I gravitated toward, but I appreciate greatly what he does, and I actually really enjoyed at least uh, to some degree everything that I watched. Even Multiple Maniacs, what I saw of it. Yeah, I mean, that so. just kind of wasn't my, my thing as much as yeah, it's, some of his it's, other stuff. It's some of his earlier taste. stuff, like <laughs> yeah. Pink Flamingos, it's very much about let's be outrageous and let's gross you yeah. out more than it is about creating a narrative, you know, whereas yeah. some of his later stuff, there really is a story involved and um, so... And, you know, themes and all those sorts of things that go into (laughs) movies. But, you know, that doesn't make, you know, the early stuff less important. It's just, it's different. Yeah, it's it's just different. All right. Well, so then my next little grouping theme of movies are just ones that brought me a lot of joy. One that I took me a really long time to to catch up with. And people were telling me that it was like, so wonderful. You're going to love it. And I did, of course, was Amelie. (laughs) I still haven't seen that. Yeah. Yeah, that's just one of those. It's like it's so colorful and just lovely, and it'll just it'll just warm your heart, and which I I knew it would. Mm-hmm. So um, it was just definitely a good feeling to have. And another one um, was one that you have talked about several times on the show already that you said would um, make me really happy, and it did too, which was Chef. Oh yeah, <laughs> just a really. I was like, yeah, that's just a really nice, like, feel good movie about you know. It's like a I love, I think my new thing is I I like movies about food and cooking maybe is my new Mm -hmm. favorite thing. It's just really interesting to watch. Like that's a skill that I wish that I had and uh, the the sandwiches and stuff that they make in this movie. Yeah, you were right. Oh, yeah. Very, very hungry and craving all that. And like the the father son thing was just absolutely perfect. Wonderful. Yeah. And even just the friendship between um, the, uh, 
what's his name? Oh my god, <laughs> uh, John Favreau. Favreau and um, John Leguizamo is right, really nice yeah. to watch. They were really cool together. Yeah, they, they they really are great in that movie together. And that was like um, it was definitely needed because I watched Chef right after I watched in Infinity Pool, so <laughs> I was like, oh. I need some I need something normal after this. I yeah. Think. <laughs> So it was a good palate cleanser and just yeah. like a really nice, just nice feel good movie. I loved that. That was good. That's a good recommendation from you. Awesome. You know what you're talking about sometimes. Imagine that. I do sometimes. <laughs> I do. Okay. Um, I watched a couple of sort of weird science fiction movies just for kicks. There are three. I uh, Over the course of a couple days, I watched Planet of the Vampires. Mario Bava movie, mm-hmm. uh, Billy the Kid versus Dracula, <laughs> and The Incredible Melting Man. Okay, so all three of these, I can't say any of them are really good, but all of them are extraordinarily entertaining. I mean, Sorry. Billy the Kid versus Dracula had me laughing so hard. I mean, it's like, it's clearly not meant to be funny, but. Boy, is it. I I mean, John Carradine is like, what movie am I in? Oh, Dracula. Yeah, I've done that. It's wild. I mean, it's a vampire Western. You don't get too many of those. I mean, there's there's a couple, but Billy the Kid versus Dracula, weirdly entertaining. Planet of the Vampires, um, clearly a big influence on Alien, but... It's obviously because Mario Bava. It's got these crazy, beautiful colors. It's it's the best movie of those three that I mentioned. Um, but also it has, you know, like the weird leather uniforms that, you know, are halfway up their neck. I mean, it's very, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it's got, it's got its charms and it's sort of like, okay, they were working on a real low budget <laughs> kind of element to it as well. But it's a good movie, actually. Uh, the Incredible Melting Man shockingly good (laughs) weirdly entertaining about a guy who an astronaut who goes out to saturn and um when he returns to earth he's just his body, his flesh just starts melting yeah i saw this years ago i grabbed it from scream factory yeah now i'm remembering it yeah (laughs) and it essentially turns him into kind of a homicidal maniac and yeah yeah, it's 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 got some it's got some really funny stuff. I mean, this this old couple on a date scene that is just hilarious uh, to me. And so, anyway, so those are those are sort of my science fiction weirdo movies there. And oh, I watched them sort of like to go with our Mitchells versus the Machines and Wally because <laughs> they're science fiction. Anyway. Sure. Well, I going along with that kind of. I, I watched uh, the Island of Lost Souls, oh, which I really that. enjoyed. Mm. Yeah. And then more, okay, starting off with like all of the classic movies that I watched, which was a lot. Um, I shot Jesse James. I like that movie a lot. Sam Fuller. Actually, yeah. Great movie. Mm-hmm. And then one that um, I think is considered like one of the best movies ever made, the best years of our lives. It was like, That yeah. is one of the best movies ever yeah. made. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, I agree. <laughs> and the thing is, okay, okay, I remember getting in like an argument with someone on Twitter. It's like, okay, I had never heard of that movie before it showed up on the AFI top 100 list. I've heard many people say the same thing. Like, um, you know, I list, I used to listen to the Unspooled, uh, which was Amy Nicholson and, oh gosh, I can't remember his name for some reason. But um, it was 
they went through the AFI list and he says, what's this movie, the best years of our lives, you know? And then the thing is, and the best picture cast, they've, they've all done the same thing. And all of them are like, this is a real discovery. This is a movie I had not heard of that doesn't seem to really be in the conversation that much. That is a truly great movie. And then someone said, Oh, it was shown every veterans day every year on it's like, okay. In your area, I, it never was around here. For me, sorry. And the thing I've, is, I, I think that movie is is horribly under-discussed because it yeah. really is one of the best. I mean, I remember watching it for the first time it, late at night I, when we had, you know, a new baby. So I was kind of on baby patrol at that mm-hmm. time. And I put it on expecting I was going to fall asleep because it's three hours long. It's in black and white. It's I was completely enthralled with it i ended up staying up till two or three in the morning watching that movie and i've never forgotten it and i haven't actually seen it again because it was just one of those experiences that was so strong of watching a movie yeah i was just gonna say too, I like digress. i've heard <laughs> like you say it's that it's very under discussed like i've i've definitely heard the title mentioned but yeah it's not one that is talked about as one of the best movies ever made as much or like, I don't know, maybe I'm in the wrong circles. I don't know. But yeah, I was I was a little skeptical, not skeptical, but I was like, oh, man, you know, three hours is it going to keep me like entertained and everything. And even just like from just the setup, the opening of, of the movie where it's what it's about is about uh, three guys coming home from World War Two and just kind of all the different things that they have to go through like with their families with their relationships you know how things have changed since they've been gone and just from that setup when they're all like in the plane together and yeah, just kind of meeting each other i was mm-hmm. like this is fantastic and then the, the cast is uh, i mean i was really excited because myrna loy uh, is mm-hmm. in it and she's like a new one another new love of mine but oh my god yeah, um, for me at the time it was frederick march because yeah, i was frederick a big march. fan of his because of dr jekyll and mr hyde and um dana andrews is mm-hmm. great in this too yeah so yeah i mean i was entranced it's, it's such a good movie and at the end i was just like yeah that's no notes <laughs> yeah perfect perfect movie absolutely immediate five stars on this so i loved yeah. it okay uh i i watched a couple of i've collected all of the fun city edition movies that have come out i haven't watched them all yet so i try and catch up on one or two of them every once in a while so the ones that i did i did a double feature one day of born to win and party girl uh which are born to win was uh i can't remember exactly when it was released but it was a while back and then party girl is one of the most recent i think the remake of Breathless, the 1983 Breathless, has come out since then. Um, but it's fairly recent release. Born to Win, have George uh, Seagal as, and Karen Black, Paula Prentice. It's a, it's a really good movie. Robert De Niro is in it. Very young Robert De Niro, 1971. It's, uh, it's a slice of life kind of movie you have. But I mean, I just think that George, uh, George Seagal is just so... He's so magnetic on screen. I just love seeing him. And it's a very 70s movie, but I, I really had a good time with it. Um, and it's a sad movie. Is Born to Win is <laughs> kind of an ironic title. Let's just put it that way. And then uh, Party Girl is just a lot of fun, I thought. Uh, Parker Posey uh, in one of her earliest appearances on screen, and she's great. Um, Always. And there's a... 
Liev Schreiber, so there's a little bit <laughs> of a Scream 3 uh, <laughs> vibe going. Well, not really at all. What's weird about Liev Schreiber, he plays a British guy, and he doesn't have the, necessarily an entirely convincing British accent. But, you know, hey, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. But it's a fun movie about, you know, this girl who is literally a party girl who decides that she's going to become she gets a job as a librarian uh and and uh decides at first she's kind of blowing it off but then she decides she's going to be really good at it and so it's it's a interesting movie i was really surprised by it and it's a fun movie it's not a lot to it but it's a it's a good it's a fun entertainment for sure that one is on Criterion. I've been wanting to check that oh, really? out because I love Parker Posey. Yeah, and she's terrific. All right. So another like super classic that I finally caught up on a couple um, mixed in here and a couple that I'm, again, not going to mention, even though I really, really want to talk about them, but I'm going to save them. Uh, but one of them was The 400 Blows. Oh, yeah. Little, I had uh, forgotten you watched so, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just another like great movie (laughs) like i i didn't really even know what this one was about and it was yeah it is kind of like a sad but also um i don't know i I had i had weird feelings about this because i felt bad for like the main kid you know because he's the parents didn't really seem all that interested but sometimes they would but i don't know it was it was very confusing and you kind of felt like he was just a very lost little kid, and I, I really felt for him. And mm-hmm. it's a very in- interesting way to tell the story, like from the the kid's perspective, mostly. And um, I have I didn't know where I was going with this, but <laughs> it is I like this movie a lot. <laughs> I didn't really yeah. get a chance. I didn't really think about it too much. So I was a lot of a lot of these movies. I was kind of like watching in quick succession. And I was like, this is a great movie. Yeah. I, I, what else can I add to the conversation? You know, that's been sure. said over the years yeah. about you know a movie like The Four Hundred Blows, but fantastic. I definitely I, I'm still catching up. Uh, you know, on a lot of like uh, French filmmakers like this. So I gotta add to my uh, movie knowledge somewhere. So. Sure. I'm working on it. Um, foreign film, I watched uh, The Innocence from 2021. It's a Swedish film about kids. Uh, now, one of my favorite movies, you know, like horror films ever is called The Innocence from, mm-hmm. you know, 1961. Uh, Deborah Carr. It's a great movie. Based on the turn of the, cru- turn of the screw. Turn uh, of the just, screw. <laughs> yeah. That is just one of my favorite movies ever. This mm-hmm. was really surprising. This was one of those movies where you ha- it, it's very much a child perspective thing. Um, one of them is autistic and they find that and one of them is just this really compassionate young girl. Uh, the autistic girl's sister is kind of caught in the balance. And then you have this other boy who is kind of uh, he's kind of sadistic. But they find that when they're together, they have when they're separated, they have moderate telekinetic powers. Okay, but when they're together, they're extraordinarily strong. Hmm. Okay, Um, and and now the one girl, the the sister of the autistic girl, doesn't seem to have the powers at all. But what happens is, at first, you know, they're getting along, they're playing together, and then the boy starts to use his powers for evil. Uh, and so, and so the others, uh, join forces to fight back against him and it's, I'm, I'm going to leave it there, but it's (laughs) really an interesting movie. Uh, I was surprised by it. It's a slow burn. It reminds me a little bit, maybe because of the Swedish setting, uh, let the right one in, uh, though it doesn't take place 
and it's not a vampire movie at all, but it has sort of the vibe of that, where it's a little bit slow burn, but uh, focused on children. And uh, yeah, so it's, and obviously sort of the austere Swedish projects, you know, apartment projects, um, kinds mm-hmm. of buildings. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating movie. I was, I'm glad I finally caught up with it. Well, there's an actor that I have started to uh, really fall in love with uh, uh, Montgomery Clift. I think I ended, yeah, the very last movie that I watched of last year was A Place in the Sun. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to watch Judgment at Nuremberg, but I didn't realize that it was so long and it didn't have subtitles and I was having a hard time following it. So I didn't, I didn't get too far um, on that one. But another like big classic that I caught up with was From Here to Eternity. Mm. So I didn't love it. I felt like it kind of, I felt like it kind of flattered in some places, but um, a lot of it was really good. I love the stuff with uh, Montgomery Clift. Um, Donna Reed is amazing mm-hmm. in it. Just I, I loved watching like s- some of the um, like I you can kind of guess like where I didn't really know what it was about, but um, you can kind of guess like because they're in Hawaii and everything like where the movie is headed. Um, I didn't know that before I watched it. So, <laughs> um, but you're not. It all seems to be kind of maybe building up to that, but I wasn't mm-hmm. even really caring about that. I was more interested. They did such a good job with like um, the different uh, relationships with the characters that I was more interested in that. And great. And then another one that was just like super, like really surprising. I just kind of picked it up because I had a bunch of um, Ernst, I don't know how to say it, Ernst, Ernst Lubitsch, Lubitsch. Lubitsch yeah. <laughs> uh, movies in my Criterion queue that um, I just kind of picked this one out was to be or not to be. Oh, and yeah. I frigging loved this movie. <laughs> it is so, oh my God, it was, it was so fun. And I, I was really, uh, this is why like classic movies are just like really just working for me right now is just uh, even just like the silliest, like simplest things. Um, it, it's so funny to me. Like just, it's just so kind of pure and light, even though this is about like Nazis and Hitler I know. and everything. Um, for some reason, like they, they really are able to make it work and they make it really funny. And just like the whole like, comedy of errors thing going on and like people dressing up like different people and i don't i i had a good time with it the opening heil myself thing is <laughs> yeah those kind of jokes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the way that they're able to like i don't know poke fun at something so serious and like like in the time that it was happening it's pretty incredible. that's what i think is the what makes it so effective as well Um, I started watching the Mel Brooks remake of it and it just didn't click with me in the same way because it's so distant from it somehow or or something. I don't know. But yeah, I I mean, there are certain Mel Brooks movies I love and there are others that are just kind of like don't really work for me. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, but um, I I respect the man. I respect his, his genius especially in the early 70s. <laughs> Let's just call it that. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Okay. Um, okay, so Renfield came out last week from when we're recording this. I have not yet seen the movie because I was on vacation, but I wrote an article about the history of that character on film. So I watched a bunch of Dracula movies. Uh, I did not... I did not rewatch the 1931 Dracula because I've seen that a billion times, but I did rewatch Nosferatu 22 
Dracula 79, Nosferatu 79, which I think the Herzog one, after watching all these like close together, I wouldn't call it the most enjoyable Dracula movie, but I think it might be my favorite. Though I gotta say, uh, a Horror of Dracula, which doesn't have Renfield in it at all, I really like that movie. That one's really good. The, the Hammer one from 58. Anyway, uh, I watched uh, El Conde Dracula, uh, Jess Franco's movie, again, which is bland as fuck. Anyway, um, and then, yeah, how do, you, how do you have Klaus Kinski as Renfield and have it just be boring? I, I don't know. Sorry, that's just my one man's opinion, because I know some people like that movie, I'm sure, but I just couldn't. But anyway, one that was a surprise, though, was one I had seen before technically, but didn't really understand, I think. And that was Love at First Bite, which is the comedy (laughs) um, starring George Hamilton, Susan St. James, and then Art Johnson as Renfield is so funny i mean he's obviously riffing on on dwight fry uh from the 31 dracula but he like really enjoys being the bad guy and it's like more than dracula does he's like really really into messing with people in this movie and (laughs) it is so funny to to watch him do that that. yeah it's surprisingly entertaining now the best vampire movie i watched however I'm going to save. The best vampire movie I watched was George Romero's Martin. And I will talk more about that, no doubt, when we do our Discoveries episode. Oh, I also watched Brides of Dracula again. Ah. And that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm just looking at where to go next. Okay, this one was really interesting. I wasn't expecting this to be as good as it was. And the description of it is... Not at all what you get from 1971, um, Billy Jack. Oh, yeah. And I don't remember where I heard about this. I want to say probably pure cinema or something. But I'm just reading it again because the, the, the description is ex-Green Beret, uh, Hapkido expert, saves wild horses from being slaughtered for dog food. And helps protect a desert freedom school for runaways. Like the dog food thing and the horses is like, it's not in the plot at all. It's like maybe <laughs> mentioned once right. <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. mostly it's about um, Tom Laughlin uh, directed and plays Billy Jack. And the, yeah, there is, there's like this um, school um, in the desert, kind of, I guess you could say kind of hippie, hippie-ish <laughs> for, for runaways. It just kind of fosters like the kids um, creativity and lets them grow and learn on their own and like just kind of really encourages that kind of thing. And yeah, there's a bunch of, um, there's obviously, you know, problems with like the the people in town and, and the hippie kids and the runaways. And I don't know, it was just, it was really interesting. Um, and again, just kind of not really expecting a movie like this that I hadn't even heard of to be as good as it was. And with, mm. with actors that didn't really seem professional, you know, at all, like right. just, mm-hmm. and that's what makes them kind of more compelling to me when I was watching it because they seemed more real. Like there's this one part where they're at some kind of um, council meeting, you know, talking about um, like arguing and like the, the kids are arguing with the council members and it just, it felt more real and more realistic to like what they, how they would actually express themselves and everything. And 
how they want to be treated by the adults and you know really i don't know i just it was very cool to see that kind of like realistic acting we don't really get um a whole lot anymore it just felt different than what i had been watching a lot of recently and this is yeah it's very i very much recommend this one it's really really interesting and cool yeah uh i'm gonna mention a western from 1971 as well that i watched uh the hired hand directed Dang. by peter fonda Starring Peter Fonda, Warren Oates, and Verna Bloom. Great movie. Again, I don't know if I want to say too much about it because it might end up being mentioned later. Because it was really, it's a really great movie. And I think I was, I talk about liking a movie that catches me by surprise. I had heard this was a good movie. Okay. So, I mean, that wasn't a surprise, but just the way it is. It's a, it's a, anti-western it's very quiet it's very Mm -hmm. deliberately paced and uh it's just a wow was it good it's i i mean i i would actually expect myself to pull that one out fairly often and just throw it on to watch because it's just kind of a beautiful sort of poetic movie and i really was touched by it i'll have to watch that one again i, I really yeah. liked it but um it's been a while since i i've seen it yeah. okay the, the next one is one that you inspired me to revisit because you did um an episode with one of our best friends Lindsay um on schlock and awe about it i had started Wayne's world no. <laughs> no i had tried watching this movie like uh, a while ago really really long while ago and i just didn't quite get it and i was definitely in the better headspace to get it now and that was network by one of our favorite directors Sidney Lumet, that we've talked about several times um Mm -hmm. on the show and it was one that i i started to watch i think back in my early 20s or whatever because you know i wanted to be in journalism i was a communications major and all this stuff and i was like oh yeah network this is one that i definitely need to watch and for some reason it just like didn't do anything for me back then i didn't get it at all um maybe i was missing something so just giving another chance now it completely worked for me the the satire of it all um god especially in the end when they're talking about they had their little meeting about uh, what to do with him at the end? It I was is just like, so "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> cold and yeah. distant and matter of fact. It's like uh-huh. <laughs> it's it's so disturbing. I mean, uh, wow. I know. <laughs> and it, I know. He, the Howard is kind of the the main kind of focus of the story, but like the really the main character is um, William Holden. Yeah, that was kind of what I was surprised about because I thought it was going to be just all about. Um, Peter Finch as as Howard Beale, you know, the guy, the I'm mad as hell guy, but it really wasn't. It was um, mostly about him and uh, his, his relationship, quote unquote, with Faye Dunaway Dunaway is incredible. Only interest is her career. uh, She has even... I, I love how her foreplay is discussing exactly, ratings. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Even like her getting worked up is, you know, talking about work and TV yeah, and yeah. Uh, how are the, how are the ratings going to work for us this year? But, oh gosh. Yeah. The, this is another one that it's kind of sucks that it took me so long to get to it, but it was another one where it was like, it was kind of perfect to that. I watched it at this time when I could actually get it and appreciate it as much as it, it should be. And it was another like, absolutely like five stars perfect just like anything else that 
Sidley yeah. Lumet does, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's like a new favorite, I think, this one. Oh yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I'm I'm kind of um I'm kind of winding down here personally. And but I'm going to mention ones that I know y- we can probably talk about uh can uh I don't know what the word is. <laughs> we can talk about them at the same at time. The same time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't have much left. I just yeah, have one so, big thing left, really. And for me, I, well, I've got this, and then I've got one more thing. And that is, I went back and I've been watching a lot of the short films of Buster Keaton. And That's exactly I had, what I was going to talk about. Yep. <laughs> okay, right on. Good. Perfect. Because I had never seen the ones he did with Fatty Arbuckle. Because even almost, what, over 100 years later, there's still sort of a stigma attached to Fatty Arbuckle. And it's it's not entirely undeserved maybe i don't know the whole story no one really does uh but it's it's interesting you know to even now to watch some of these movies and just appreciate him as a performer but honestly those films are best when buster keaton is in them in my opinion you know as entertaining as they are the one i liked the most i think I enjoyed Coney Island, uh, though I am glad they changed the ending. Um, the Bellboy. And my favorite, I think, was The Moonshine, which is a little bit meta. It's like, got, you know, they're making conversation about how the director's choice in this scene was, you know, it's it's just kind of funny uh, to, to watch that one. But then when you get into uh, Buster Keaton on his own, uh, backstage was also pretty entertaining. But Buster Keaton on his own, you know, early ones in there, like uh, One Week. One Week, yes. I think, is That's brilliant. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. And I might have seen that one before, but I couldn't remember for sure. But that one is so funny. And yeah. um, it's you see some of the shtick, you know, happening like the house side of the wall falling and falling through the mm-hmm. window and, you know, and that sort of thing that would come back later, obviously much more dangerously and still steamboat bill jr. Um, with a much smaller window and a much heavier house. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, and I, the scarecrow was okay. The haunted house is a lot of fun. The goat. I liked a lot. You watched a lot the of play, the same ones the I play, did. <laughs> the playhouse. Yeah. One of my favorites, and this one I know I had seen before, but I just love it. The Boat from 1921. I, I find that one to be so funny because it's not just visual gags. It's also, there's also some, like, um, even though it's silent, <laughs> there's this running joke that is vocal, you know. So obviously it shows up in the in the uh, title, inner title cards, but then he mouths it very deliberately at the very end of the movie, uh, this line. And it just, I I don't know. It's really, really funny. (laughs) And so, um, so I don't want to spoil that joke because I, I, I just thought it was interesting that he was going on to something that would, you would expect to see in the sound era during the silent era. So, yeah, but I had just a terrific time watching and in some cases re-watching those and now you experienced yeah. not only your first buster <laughs> keaton's but your first silent films period ever right? yeah yeah so it definitely took some some prodding and some like okay you really need to check this out sometimes just not for only from you but just like from uh, hearing um 
like the uh, the silent movies uh, episode that Pure Cinema did, especially. Yeah. And well, I think Elric Kane has said that Buster Keaton is his favorite film artist of all time. I totally believe it. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of getting there too. Yeah, me too. Me too. And and I've seen a lot of his movies already. You know, I've seen a lot of his features, at least. It's one of those things just as a movie fan that, yeah, you know, you should, you know, for the history, you should know about this and experience silent movies. It just it took me a long time to get there, but I'm finally here and just kind of decided to sit down one day and check them out. I started I've only seen one of like those features. I watched Mm -hmm. um steamboat bill jr i mostly just watched the the shorts and the very first one i watched was the haunted house it was like love at first sight like i i couldn't believe it i had you know you know you have to kind of maybe be in the right headspace like okay i know it's a silent movie so i can't be distracted definitely you know from this i have to focus on it that was not a problem at all with any of these I was really surprised at just how much I enjoyed it. I was like, I'm, I am in love. This is, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. He's so, it's incredible how talented he is and how it took me this long to, to discover that. But I'm just glad that I finally got to see it. And especially a lot of these shorts, um, I didn't watch any of the ones with uh, Fatty Arbuckle yet, um, but they are all on, not on all, but there's a lot of them that are on their Criterion channel. And just especially the quality of them that they have there on the Criterion channel is thousand times better than I was expecting. Yeah, I watched them on the restored editions that Kino put out. Uh, I think they're the same ones that are on Criterion and... I think were released also in Eureka. Yeah, they're pretty much, they scoured the globe to find the, every frame, you know, the best Mm -hmm. frame, not just the best reels, but the best frames uh, to reconstruct these because some of them, uh, I saw the previous Kino releases of some of these and they were unwatchable practically because they were so deteriorated. That's honestly what I was expecting. I mean, these are from the 1920s. Yeah. And they look like they're from like 30 years later. Like the yeah, quality is that good on them. It's are, incredible. Yeah. They look beautiful. They're fantastic. I, there's on the DVD or the Blu-ray, uh, the shorts of Blu-ray, they talk about the restoration process that they went through. Right. And it was very extensive to bring these to their sort of former glory. Um, because like I said, a lot of them that I had seen before it was like seeing them for the first time because those previous editions, uh, I mean, it was the best they had available at the time or so they thought, but you know, things get found and, yeah. and, and there's technology that can be used now to clean things up that wasn't available um, at that time, even, you know, 20 years ago. So um, it's, it's really cool to be able to see them this way. Yeah. All that work was absolutely worth it. And, mm-hmm. and what these, shorts and films you know absolutely deserve um to to keep them alive um i would say my favorites were probably one week and the haunted house yeah um but i also watched cops which is a classic Mm -hmm. classic one one, yeah Uh yep uh let's see where was i sorry i lost my spot convict 13 yeah i watched Uh, i watched that one yeah the scarecrow as well uh neighbors Mm -hmm. (laughs) some fun gags on that one yes yes um let's see hard luck the high sign and the goat are the ones that i watched i also watched the high sign yeah what is the one i'm forgetting which one it is they they have all the stuff set up they have like one room 
that they live in and everything uh there's like a bathtub uh that yes they dump out <laughs> yeah and they, they have their the salt and pepper out. they have their salt and pepper shakers like hanging yeah. from the ceiling which one was that yeah. <laughs> i can't remember that might have been that was one of the first ones that was just buster keaton on his own i think um, that might have been the high sign. I think that was the high I think, sign. I think that's the high sign. Yeah. That's another thing that I absolutely loved was like not just him and oh my god, like we, we talked about this over texts. I was like, he's like a little spider monkey, like <laughs> the way that he can like climb up on stuff just like with ease and like t- how yeah. yeah how he I didn't die a million times. Right. <laughs> it's incredible. There's I can't remember. I can never remember which movie it is, but there's this one. There's it's not the general. I always think it's the general because of the trains, but it's not that. But there's this one where he did as a stunt where he like uh, falls off of one of the water towers that was used to like fill the boilers with water on a on a train. He like falls off of it and lands on his back on the tracks, and he gets up and he starts running. Well, apparently he went to the doctor some years later and the doctor asked him, so when did you break your back? And he goes and he says, "Uh, I've never broken my back. Says, Uh. well, yes, yes, you have. The x-ray says you have. I was like, oh. And so there's speculation that that is the stunt that he broke his back on. And he, like I said, he just gets up and he starts running, you know, that full full bore speed (laughs) thing he did, you know. There are so many scenarios like that in, like, all of these shorts that could have happened. I know. Well, I mean, you think of <laughs> Steamboat so Bill Jr., the, and people have still called this likely the most dangerous stunt ever performed, is that part where the facade, the front of the house falls off yeah. and lands on him. And all he ever did, he just measured it and said, oh, yeah, right. that should be all right. You know, they didn't have the safety. They would never do that stunt today. No. Never. And so, and you can even, even he was a little bit nervous about it. And uh, apparently if you watch really closely, it's barely detectable. He does a little bit of a shrug, you know, just okay. before the house hits it, hits the ground. Like a little bit of a flinch, like yeah, like a, the fall. just a tiny bit, you know, like I'm the, I'm going to die moment. Yeah. Um, and you see that today. It is still like, whoa, it, it's yeah. a remarkable moment. Yeah, how that guy didn't die over and over and over again from the stunts he did. I don't know. And the thing is, I mean, and obviously you can see his influence on people like Jackie Chan and um, all kinds of people that have come since. So uh, anyway, Well, Buster and another Keaton's thing that so I, great. yeah, just another thing I loved um, in these two is not just his performance, but the use of the sets. Yeah. In just like the most fun ways. Like it looks like a dollhouse. Like on some of them, the yeah. there's one. I think it's one week, isn't it? Where he kind of goes like up, up through the hole in the floor and yes. like down mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's just it's incredible. And like uh, what I was reading, the people that said stuff about uh, Buster Keaton is that he really like knew what you needed to you know put in movies visually to make them work. Like he he yeah. knew that right away. And I think it's definitely stuff like that, not just his performance, but like just really making it like visually interesting and just a little bit off kilter and different and um he does the same thing in haunted house where there's just like there's like secret passageways and stuff to to go through and just like Mm -hmm. just the the way he could use his talent to like manipulate and have fun with the sets was also like very ingenious and a lot of fun to watch like there's a lot of gags um, in the haunted house that 
Um, like when he's directing traffic with the ghosts that are going in and out of the room, I was like, that's brilliant. That's perfect. And I've never seen anything. Why has no one done anything like that, you know, in like a, a, a comedy haunted house film since then, you know, and that's, I thought that was hilarious. It made me laugh out loud still a lot of this yeah. stuff. I was, I had a smile on my face watching all of these, like the, the entire time. These are just, uh, and I'm saving some of the big ones. Like I said, the only like feature that I watched was Steamboat Bill Jr. So I'm saving like the general and um, some of the other ones. And I just still have all of the fatty or buckle ones to watch too. So uh, yeah. I'm very excited to keep going with this because it's, Buster Keaton is like one of my favorites yeah. now. He's brought me a lot of joy. Yeah, I'm working my way through that entire short set as it is. And then I yeah. I bought the feature sets as well. So I'm planning on just watching as much of his filmography, the, of his own stuff, I should say. You know, the stuff he did before he joined, went over to MGM as I can before the end of the year. Because I think that it's just, it's just so joyous is yeah. part of it. Uh, and I saw the general not that not all that long ago again because I, I Lindsay again I did an episode with her on um, the general and runaway train so that was a lot of fun to it's and yeah the general is I've I've heard a lot of people since then say you know the general shouldn't be your first Buster Keaton movie well it no. was mine it was my <laughs> first Bus, Buster Keaton movie and you know what it still totally worked for me i mean i know it's got elements in it that are you kind of have to look past okay fine um (laughs) it's from 1927 or whatever uh so that was during the time when the confederacy was sort of seen as heroic uh, by certain folks right so that is what it is but it's just an entertaining movie. And then, uh, you know, I think you'll really like Sherlock Jr. I think uh, I love The Navigator. There are just so many. Uh, I was trying to remember. Our Hospitality, I remember being really, really entertaining. Yeah. Like, really funny. That's on there, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Three Ages. I mean, just fun stuff all around. Um, that's why when Roger Ebert went and did, was doing his great movies column, he wrote one on the general, but then he just went back and said, and wrote one just called The Films of Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton, yeah. Because they're all great movies. That's the yeah. thing. They're <laughs> just great movies. And, you know, I like his first f- film that he did with MGM, The Cameraman, is good. Uh, that was, that might have actually been the first one I actually saw. But, you know, it's not quite as rough around the edges as <laughs> as his other stuff, so... But it's good. Okay. So I have one more thing I got to mention. Okay. Okay. Well, I watched oh, the Limey. I, I watched the Limey this morning. That's one that I feel like I need to watch again. I liked it, but I was also, it was, you know, two in the morning. Um, so, but I gave it four stars because I think it really is a great film. It's just, it's hard to follow because there's a lot, it's the editing style of that movie is nuts. Um, but it's part of what makes it really interesting. But anyway. I finally saw, while on vacation, uh, the Airbnb we stayed at had the Roku channel. So I watched not the best movie that I've seen this year, but what it might be one that was just one of the most entertaining. I saw Weird, the Al Yankovic story, (laughs) starring Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al Yankovic. If you think you're getting an actual biography of the guy, you are not. And just go into that knowing it. Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna is hilarious. Is so funny. 
uh, Rain Wilson as Dr. Demento. It's just so everything, you know, like another great, you know, spoof of, you know, sort of the music biopic is Walk Hard, you know, the Dewey Mm -hmm. Cox story. This is like that, except with a real person. (laughs) And it's so over the top. It's so crazy. He says, you know, I'm not going to do parodies anymore. This is my original song called Eat It. (laughs) Then, of course, um, Michael uh, Michael Jackson um, has done a parody of your song Eat It called Beat It. (laughs) It's, 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 (laughs) you know, and then he, he becomes... He becomes the most famous musical star in history, um, and he gets assassinated. I, all sorts of crazy stuff. It's Madonna joins a drug cartel. I mean, it's it's just like this is the wildest movie, and I'm probably spoiling a lot of the fun here, but <laughs> it is nuts and just got to go along for the ride. And Weird Al Yankovic actually plays a role in the movie. Uh, he plays one of the Scotty oh, brothers. Yeah, nice. he plays one of the Scotty brothers. It's very funny. Um, so there are a lot of real people in the movie. You know, there's this party at Dr. Demento's house. That's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Jack Black as Wolfman Jack is uh, hilarious. Um, Salvador Dali and Andy Warhol are there and um, Gallagher and <laughs> just Pee Wee Herman. It's it's hysterical. I watched it that night with my wife and son, and then I woke up early in the morning, as I tend to do, and I watched it again because it was just, it was too much fun. So Okay. I wasn't sure un- about that one. That sounds unfortunately, a lot better than I was expecting. it is only on the Roku channel, unfortunately, but, uh, and we watched it with ads, so... Umbrella Entertainment is releasing a Blu-ray, so I'm hoping to grab that uh, when that comes out. So I've discovered Diabolic DVD, so imports, mm-hmm. I got you now. Yeah. Uh, so okay, right. I did have a couple. I didn't want to forget to mention um, another super classic that I thought I had seen, but apparently I hadn't. Was um, Frank Capra's "It Happened One Night." Oh, um, yeah. The greatest absolute, romantic comedy ever made. Yeah. Perfect like, <laughs> blueprint of you know, yeah. the rom-com on the road that, you know, we yeah. see over and over again. Like this is, this is where it came from. And it's yeah. Perfect. Loved it. Uh, Lost in translation. Uh, oh, hadn't I haven't seen, seen that, that before. In so long. Um, missing like the, uh, the new movie missing. Oh, the um, new one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I actually watched the one with Jack Lemmon from the 80s not that long ago. So, yeah. <laughs> so this is from the same people that did Searching, correct? Searching, right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which I've I never liked, seen. I haven't seen either one. I like search. I like them both. So Searching is really good. And then um, Missing was very good as well. Um, and then going into like just recently, like beyond like when I was off here, um, as I told you, I watch Dr. Strangelove finally. So that was a big blind spot that I finally caught up with. <laughs> I'm telling you, hey, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be movie. shocked. You're going to be shocked when you love 2001, a space I Odyssey, know, right? aren't you? Yeah. Anyway. I'm so, I'm so curious to see what I'm going to think of that now. <laughs> Cause it's a lot of the, I feel like such like They're a bad very movie. very different. Fan. Believe me. Right. I just feel like such a bad movie fan. Sometimes I'm like, did you ever seen Dr. Strangelove? That's a funny movie. <laughs> or like, have you ever watched Buster Keaton? Oh my God. The guy was so talented, but Hey, sometimes it takes a while to catch up. Whenever you see something is a good time to yeah. see. <laughs> At least yeah. I finally saw it. 
it's true. And then last night, like, um, I absolutely love the the comedy of the the Lego movies. So I hadn't watched the Lego Batman movie. Hilarious! <laughs> Hilarious! I loved it. <laughs> I found that on uh, Peacock last Batman night. Movie. Yeah, yeah. I saw it in the theater with my kids. We were, just, yeah, we was. <laughs> the humor, the the style of humor in those movies just fucking kills me. They oh, are they're me. brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I think Will I, Arnett as Batman is so. <laughs> perfect yeah it's i kind of want to watch it again because yeah definitely and yeah okay that was it probably i really want to talk about the ones like i said but i know there there's some I, i'm just like i feel like i should wait on a few of them but i kind of um, just i see yeah. them on the list and i'm itching to get into them and having to wait till the end of the year is gonna be tough but i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that the ones that i didn't talk about are going to be on the list because i just ugh. Uh, they're so good yes but you'll have to wait till much later to find out what those are i kind of teased mine already didn't i i think you already know maybe what mine are i well I'd have, maybe we can talk about it <laughs> <laughs> all right okay cool so i hope you enjoyed this episode just covering some of the things we've been watching um and it's always fun to just talk some of these list episodes real quick uh, i know both of us also saw scream six which was fine that's fine. <laughs> I liked, I, I loved a lot of different stuff that it did, but it really kind of fell flat for me by the, the ending and the reveal I'm and everything. And I was like, sorry to mm. say I, that I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's okay. <laughs> but that's, we, we talk about, we like to talk about our love of movies rather than yes. our disappointment with them. So uh, maybe I shouldn't have brought that up, but anyway, uh, <laughs> hate um, it <laughs> no 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 i was just like ah nah, not as good as it could have been <laughs> that's kind of what i was thinking it was better than cocaine bear okay okay, bear. <laughs> okay. I, but i don't know i feel like i'm in the minority on that one too people seem to love that movie and i just don't get it <laughs> um anyway. it was fine it was <laughs> yeah right. it was fun to do kind of a well off-the-cuff conversation, def- yeah. not as structured as we usually do, because we like to play in flast and loose with our own rules. Yeah, that's right. I like that. We're rebels. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> when before we were talking about what squares we were off mic. It's true. <laughs> but It's okay. true. Sorry. All right. All end right. this thing, right? <laughs> yeah, we better do that. Okay, so <laughs> next time uh, we'll be back with our promised episode on stand by me and now and then and we will be looking forward to having that conversation and i'm looking forward to seeing now and then because i haven't seen it yet i'm sure i will my stomach is growling so hard did you hear that no (laughs) it is your lunchtime it is okay michelle then until then what are we gonna do we will see you all next time bye bye